You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a faith community committed to racial justice, a place where we practice a deep and authentic welcome, where we listen deeply to where love is calling us next, and a place where with humility, courage, and compassion, we act for justice in the world. To learn more, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. It is so very good to be together. My name is Jen Crow. I'm one of the ministers at First Universalist Church, and we are so glad you are here today. Whether you're here with us in person, tuning into the live stream, or enjoying a recording of the service later on during the week. If you're joining us on Zoom this morning, please go ahead and use the chat and say hello. Let us know where you're coming in from. It is so good to be together in all of the ways that we can be today. And being together in person, it is a very big deal. (laughs) So whatever feelings come up for you today, it is okay. Whatever you need to do, that is okay too. Feel free to move around the space if you need to, to be in the shade, to be wherever feels right, close or far away, checking in with each other with curiosity and pausing and asking each other before we make that move in for a handshake or a hug. Today is a day to make room for all of the ways that we feel and for everything that each of us needs. It has been 16 months, a year and four months since many of us have been together in person for church, and I am coming here today full of gratitude and grief and joy to be together. So we are excited to be leading worship with you today. We have Jill Braithwaite, who's a member of the church and a seminary student, Dr. Randy Baikema and the First Universalist Choir, Franco Holder on the keys, and our artist-in-residence, Amy K. Bryant, leading us in song. How lucky are we, church? We are so very lucky. And there are all kinds of ways to connect today and during the week as well. So let me lift up a few ways to be connected. Now, after the service, there are two other things I want to just lift up for us, things that are happening this summer at First Universalist. First, you might remember that one of our youth board members, Johanna McAbee, created a, a zine to share with our community. And here's what she says. She says, I can't breathe. Words that are said too often. My dream is that we can begin to shift our narrative from hurt to heal, that we can begin to actively rest, to play, to create, to love, to begin again, to rehumanize ourselves. And that is what this little booklet, the zine that she created, holds, the potential for all of us to collectively remember, remember that we are the embodiment of light and love, that we will breathe. So the zines will be available for a suggested donation of anywhere from $5 to $20. They're free for folks who are black, indigenous, or people of color. All donations will go to organizations that are helping our communities to heal. Second, we offer Abolition 101 circles centered on imagining freedom and safety for all, and they will be offered this summer on Tuesday mornings in July and additional times depending on your interest. Please let us know if you want to participate in a five-week circle. Also, Velma Wagner, the president of our Association of Universalist Women, has asked for an abolition circle for AUW members. So if you're part of AUW and interested, please talk to Denise Conan or Velma Wagner. I think they're also at a table over there. I just can't see them. 
You can find out about all of this and more by checking out our order of service or our website. If you want to see the order of service or our website, there are QR codes all over the Banshell area here that you can follow. There's so much going on, but in the midst of it all, we make time to settle ourselves, to settle our bodies and our spirits. So as we begin today, we'll begin the same way we have over Zoom all 16 months with three on-purpose breaths together. So I invite you to make yourself comfortable in whatever way that is for you. And then when you feel ready to breathe in and to breathe out, to breathe in and to breathe out, and one last time together, breathing in and breathing out. We are connected across time and space through our shared breath. Please join me as we light our chalice. We'll say the words together, but we'll do it just a little differently today since there's not a printed order of service out there. I'll say a phrase, and then what I'm going to invite you to do is say it back to me as we light our chalice. So, love is the spirit of this church. And service is its law. This is our great covenant. To dwell together in peace. To seek the truth in love. And to help one another. And now we get to enjoy our choir. How can I keep from singing? Oh. 
Thank you, choir. That was absolutely beautiful. How can we keep from singing? Indeed. Good morning. I'm Jill Braithwaite. It's very good to see you all here together. Um, I've got an all-ages story for us this morning. Do I see kids out there? There's a few kids out there. Raise your hand if you're a kid at heart or otherwise. Right on. Um, our story today comes to us from Sonia Sotomayor. Sonia is a justice on the Supreme Court of the United States, as most of you know. And when Sonia was a little girl, she and her friends decided to plant a garden. Sonia knew that gardens are magical places and that hundreds or even thousands of plants can grow together in a garden, right? And every leaf, every berry, and every flower is different in a garden. They have their own colors and shapes and smells. And every plant in a garden needs different things in order to live and to grow. Some plants need lots and lots of sunlight. What, what does a plant like that look like? Choir, help me out. Oh, yes. Reaching out to let the sunlight in. Right on. What, and some plants need lots and lots of shade. They need to be protected from the sun's light. What do those look like? Well, very good, choir. Thank you. That's right. That's right. Some plants need to be trimmed regularly and kept very neat. Yes, very neat. And some plants need to sprawl out in messy directions. Right on. Yes, yes. Nice. Thank you, choir. Um, and some plants need lots and lots of water. That's right. And some plants need just a little bit of water. While they were working in their garden, sometimes Sonia and her friends would come across a particular plant that they didn't know what it needed. But before long, Sonia figured out that there was something she could do. And that was to find someone who knows and just ask. Can you say that with me? Just ask. Very good. Thank you. Sonia was very good at noticing things. And she noticed that her friends were kind of like plants, too. Her friend Raphael, sometimes each, each of her friends needed different things in order to live and to grow. Her friend Raphael, for example, sometimes he took a little object and breathed in deeply from it. And Sonia didn't know what that was about. So do you know what she did in order to find out? Just asked. Oh, exactly. And Raphael explained that he had asthma, and that was his inhaler, and he used that to help him breathe better sometimes. Sonia herself had diabetes, and she needed to give herself shots of insulin with a needle. And her friend Bianca noticed this and thought it was a little strange and scary. But you know what Bianca decided to do? Just ask. That's right. And then Sonia could explain about how she had diabetes and the shots helped her stay healthy. Now, I bet you're good at noticing things, too. I bet you've noticed that the people all around you are all different and have different kinds of needs for what they need in order to live and to grow, right? Some people need to be quiet a lot of the time. Shh, right? And some people need to be chatty. 
and loud a lot of the time. Raise your hand if you're, if you're one of the quiet ones. I see, ooh, lots of, I see you, I see you. How about chatties? How about the chatties in the house? That's right, yep, we're here. What, what can you do if you need to know if someone needs more quiet time? Just ask, that's right. Some people need a lot of hugs and handshakes. And some people, some people need to, really need to not have hugs and handshakes. What can you do to find out if somebody wants a hug or a handshake? Just ask, exactly. Some people need lots of space around them, lots and lots of space. And some people need to be right smack in the middle of a crowd. What can, what can you do in order to find out if someone needs more space? Just ask. Very good. We here get to be all together in our church, which is like a big, beautiful garden that we are tending together. And um, we have room in our church for all the things that we all need in order to live and grow as best we can. And we can always just ask each other whatever we need. And we get to be together in this beautiful garden of our church, whether we're here in a park or on Zoom or in a big building on DuPont Avenue. So let's remember, what do we do if we don't know something? Just ask. Thank you. Our reading today is from Spilling the Light by Reverend Teresa I. Soto. Some people are used to keeping rules. Don't cross the street when the light is red. Only sensible. It turns out that keeping rules isn't the same as keeping covenant, which asks us, instead of keeping a bright line, to keep our promises. To what have we promised ourselves? To this moment in time and space? To this community? And even, tenderly interconnected, to this planet? We promise ourselves to the idea that we are each and all human beings. We promise that there is something moving among us that we cannot tame and cannot measure. The chalice is a reminder that what flame we keep inside cannot light the way. The light must spill to shine. The thing you must be is yourself, unadulterated, shedding the willingness to journey alone as though you are made of something hard and unforgivable. You are human. You belong right here, right now. And together, we will chase away the sickness, the secrets, and leave only the open possibility that the future is a space for growth.
So I want to tell you, it was about nine years ago when I started meeting with my spiritual director. We made an agreement that we'd talk on the phone for an hour once a month, and together we'd listen for what was moving in my life. She had this idea that movement is God, change is the holy, and that what we should be listening for was movement and change and any shifting that was occurring. Now, when we started meeting, though, she did ask me what I wanted to get out of our time together, and I said, I want to pay attention. So much is happening in my life so quickly right now, I don't want to miss it. I had just moved to Minneapolis and started a new job that I was so excited about. I had two young kids. My mom had died about a year before, and everything seemed to be going so quickly. I didn't want to miss it. So every month, we spent an hour together paying attention to my life. We noticed the changes that were happening in my kids, the changes in my feelings, my relationships, my work. My spiritual director made it her practice to call out the themes that she was noticing, themes like redemption or forgiveness or these quarter turns in the spiral of understanding my life. When it would happen that our time together would get interrupted because one of my kids needed me, She'd remind me that responding with love and presence to children is a spiritual practice and that there was nothing more important for me to be doing in that moment. When I found myself frustrated with the same things month after month, she'd show me patience until it shifted in me and she would call out that change and recognize it with me even if it took years to let go of a particular resentment. And when there was joy in my life, she celebrated with me she still does. She reminds me how it all comes together, the joy and the pain and that how a heart that is broken open to one cannot help but welcome the other. We pay, to pay attention together every month in that hour, and in having her pay such close attention to me, I learned to pay attention to my own life differently and more closely too. The poet Mary Oliver offered these simple instructions for living. Pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. That was the whole poem, Instructions for Living. Pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. So in these days we're in right now, when the experience of the COVID-19 pandemic in America is shifting in significant ways, when we're experiencing this movement and change, there are so many different things that are calling out for our attention questions about what is safe for our kids, what school might look like in the fall. Are we going to be wearing masks inside forever? When can we go back to church? What will our work life look like now? What is it going to mean when the moratorium on evictions is lifted, when our unemployment runs out? How is it as this change happens and we can finally start to feel all the feelings that maybe we put aside so we could just keep going these last 16 months? What's it like if we are someone who is in mourning while others are celebrating? What will happen? What is happening to our attention on the impact of anti-black racism, of anti-Asian hate, of police killings and gun violence in our city? There are so many questions, so many experiences that are coming at us so fast right now. It would be easy to get swept up in the swirl of it all. And it is tempting, at least for me, to try already to write the story of what this time means, 
to try to put away all the trauma and resilience that we've known these past 16 months and get right to making meaning. But I think we know that telling our stories with care requires more than that, requires so much more than speed. It requires time and attention, silence, a pause, a pause that's long enough for us to hear what's not being said, the stories that are not being told right next to the ones that are. So in this time of so much change, as many of us are making a shift from physical isolation to being together more and more in person, as some of the activities and communities that we used to count on are coming back together. My encouragement for us in this moment is simple. Let's pay attention. Let's not go too fast. Let's pay attention to ourselves and to one another. Let's be astonished at all we've been able to hold. And let's tell each other about it. Let's tell the stories of what has happened for us over these last 16 months, over our lives, what has happened to us, for us, in us. Let's tell those stories. Let's pause in quiet. Let's listen so very carefully with so much love and kindness and attention to each other. We know that this time of pandemic is not, in fact, over certainly around the world and even here at home. This story is still unfolding. What we do matters. And there is time, time to let it unfold for us what all of this means. Time to practice letting go of the judgment that so often sneaks in as we judge our own thoughts and feelings and experiences and certainly as we judge others. But what if we could put that down just for a little bit the way that we so quickly try to judge each other and separate ourselves into one group or another. Instead, remembering the ways that we are all together, shared breath, shared life, shared connection, shared world. What if we notice? What if we pay attention? What if we are astonished? And what if we tell about it? In our church, we talk a lot about listening deeply to where love is calling us next, and we trust that as a guide for ourselves and for our community, to listen deeply to where love is calling us next and let the story unfold. In the reading we heard this morning from Reverend Soto, we promised each other not just to follow certain rules, but instead to keep our promises to be present, they wrote, to this moment in time and place, to this community, and even tenderly and interconnected this planet. We promise ourselves to the idea that we are each and all human beings, and that there is something moving between us that we cannot tame, that we cannot measure. That is so, so important. We promise each other that the future can be a space of growth, that each of us is bringing a story and experience a life that matters to the altar of this community. There is a light in each of us that is meant to shine, to be shared in our shared life in community. There is so much to notice, to pay attention to, to be curious about. There is so much movement, so much change afoot for us. 
which of course is the root of all life, change, growth, possibility. Some might say you find God in the change. So together, let's take the time we need. Take the time to pause, to pay attention, to be astonished, to tell about it. May this be our practice. Amen. There's so much that we can't control, right? That's what we've been learning over the last year and a half or whatever. So the things that we do have some control over, which is mostly just what we think, <laughs> which has a lot of creative power, like let's harness that potential. I am unwritten, can't read my mind. I'm undefined. I'm just beginning, pins in my hand, ending unplanned. Staring at the blank page before you, open up the dirty window, let the sun illuminate the words that you could not find, reaching for something in the distance, so close you can almost taste it, release your Feel the rain on your skin No one else can feel it for you Only you can let it in No one else, no one else Can speak the words on your lips Judge yourself with words unspoken Live your life with arms wide open Today is where your book begins The rest is still unwritten Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Text First Univ, that's F-I-R-S-T-U-N-I-V, to 73256 to make your gift. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.